We have uh, a guest in studio here. I would say he's probably about five, six feet away from me, so we're practicing social distancing. Uh, Senator Scott Bennett, thanks for coming in, Scott. Good evening. Glad to be here. Well, uh, we're starting all our interviews tonight, and we'll get into the election momentarily, but, I mean, we can't ignore the pandemic that's going on. Sure. Talk about how that has impacted uh, your work in Springfield and maybe your personal life as well. Well, uh, personal life, we've got two six-year-olds, so it's uh, Lord of the Flies at home. Uh, you know, the first couple days, you've got lots of, I can't imagine how they did this 10 years ago, but at least you've got streaming, people have been putting really creative yeah. things up. You go through those in about two days, and so then it's, uh, and then it's a matter of uh, trying to figure out if the weather's good, can we go outside or whatever. In terms of work, uh, you know, Springfield, we're, I'm on the phone about seven hours a day uh, doing a lot of different conference calls and, and the like. Um, we're not invited back. I don't think they really want us going to the Capitol because when we do, that uh, it brings a lot of advocates uh, together as well, and it violates every social distancing law. Uh, the difference is, though, is that now when the governor's making these mandates, like with the restaurants, uh, I think people are expecting um, – uh, they're, they're, they're expecting at least an explanation or some uh, updates as we go. So we're trying through social media, uh, but it's uh, it's it's kind of difficult to get the word out to everybody that, that we need to get the word out to. The closing of the bars and restaurants uh, and the mandate that no gatherings over 50, those were two of the big ones in the governor's most recent executive order issued yesterday. Right. Uh, how do you feel about those and everything else the governor's done? Well, I, I mean, the governor is uh, is trying to find a path here, I think, that's responsible. Uh, you know, D.C., it's been well documented, uh, the the strange route they've come to, uh, to, to to arrive where they have now, where we've gone from it's a hoax to it's a, a national emergency in a, in a four-day span. Uh, but the fact is, I mean, we have a uh, – I, I get all my advice from Julie Pride with the Champaign yeah. uh, uh, Public Health District, and she's, she's incredible. Uh, and it's great when I hear stuff from him, her and then I uh, hear basically the governor echoing similar thoughts. It tells me he's listening to the experts in this. I'm not an expert in this no. uh, and I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, he's he's basing on that. The, the, the problem with it is it's happening so quickly um, that, you know, I've, I'm getting a lot of calls, you know, the last 24 hours, for example, or 48 hours now from bar owners, and restaurant owners that say, well, Okay, fine. This is how it's going to be. But what do you mean by curbside? Do we have to take it outside? Can they come inside and get it at the bar? Um, it, you know, I think people would like a little more uh, understand. Then, of course, what happens to the employees? And you know, is there a one week waiting period for unemployment, which now has been waived? Uh, so, I mean, I think they are trying very hard to keep up with this, but obviously, it's uh, uh, it's changing by the hour. As you mentioned, you have two six year olds, and I, I have three kids in my house, but only one of them is going to school right now. And I've told my fiance, not because I have an insider, not because I have access to the governor, I said, Braden's not going to school the rest of the year. It's yeah. just, I, I, I would be surprised if he ends up back in, in an elementary school here in Champaign the rest of the year. So let's get ready for that. Is that your expectation? Again, not. Asking for inside information, sure. but I, 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 don't have, I don't have it. But yeah, but I will tell you, I mean, U of I canceling its commencement exercises in May. Yeah. Uh, the president yesterday saying it could be July or August before we get a sense of normalcy. Uh, I, I would be very surprised if we head back to school, uh, you know, for uh, you know the last week or two. I guess that's possible. Um, but, you know, at this point, I think it's going to continue to grow. If you look at the trajectory we're on. Uh, which is so similar to, of course, Italy and, and England and some of the others. Um, it seems very clear that our numbers are only going to go up. And I will tell you, I'm on enough calls to know 
uh, we are still unbelievably short on the number of tests we yeah. need to really have accurate numbers. Um, and that, I think, is what it's going to take. So I've got two counties in my district, for example. Right now, I feel like Champaign County um, is is uh, doing is doing the social distancing, is, is doing the quarantine, working all that. I mean, just driving here tonight, downtown Champaign, I can't remember seeing it so, Ghost so town. desolate, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but I think in my other county, in, in where Danville is, in Vermilion County, they haven't had any t- positive tests yet. Yeah. Uh, and, and so when I talk to, at least anecdotally, when I talk to people, they don't, they still find, kind of feel like it's far away from them. Uh, and I think that'll change when the first uh, case turns up over there and they realize it's in all our communities, not just Chicago or even Champaign. I, I, I want to know, is all the toilet paper at your house? Because I'm coming over if it is, because I can't find any. <laughs> no, uh, it, it is not. And, uh, you know, we, uh, again, with two six-year-olds, I think we have a, a normal amount, but yeah. have not. Have not We're almost look. out of my house. Uh, but, you know, to, to that point, you know, I was on the phone today uh, with some Vermilion County groups that talking about how they're out of formula. Uh, yeah. that they give out through WIC. Um, and so now we've got several people looking for it every time we go to the stores, but you name it, you know, all the, the sanitizer, the diapers, the, the, the wipes, all those different things. Uh, we're going to have to figure out, you know, w- when are they going to reload on this thing? Because we're being told, and we've, I've talked to grocery stores and grocery chains and all these things, we're not in any kind of shortage. It's a, it's a short-term thing. Uh, they will restock on all these things. I think people will feel a lot more comfortable uh, once they see those shelves uh, back to normal. I know that Julie Pride said on Sunday when they announced their first case, in reference to the baby formula, first of all, they told people to stop hoarding stuff because it's not necessary. Just buy a normal amount for a couple of weeks. Don't hoard all this stuff. She said she feels that the hoarding of, the, of baby formula should be illegal. Do you have any similar thoughts on that? That that stuff particular? I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, because you're, you're... It's a baby. The I mean, difficult thing, and I was a prosecutor before I did this, right? Yeah. I don't think any, if someone is buying it up with the idea they're going to sell it for, you know, for price gouging or whatever, that's certainly criminal. If it's, I'm worried about my family, my baby, I'm going to load up on formula because uh, I don't know when I'll get to the store again. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I understand where people come through a little more on that, but toilet paper is a little different, right? Yeah. Formula is, you know, is one of those things you need, you need for your, your baby's survival. Toilet paper, uh, I, I, I get a sense that really it is a, uh, a situation where a few people are uh, are going a little nuts with it, and ultimately uh, people are are going to go without. We're talking with Scott Bennett, Champaign Democrat, a senator in the state of Illinois on our primary night election coverage, 831 here at DWS. Uh, let's turn to today on the election. Uh, we were just talking before we turned the mics on. Talk about your observations. What have you seen today? What have you heard about certain races, what, polling places, that sort of thing? Well, I think the strangest thing about the polling places uh, is, you know, they've we've, we've come so far in the last five, six years on early voting, right, that we have in many ways uh, released the pressure valve so you aren't seeing the unbelievable lines. I know 18, we had some problems, but... Right. But certainly in a primary, we're not usually having these really, really long lines. Um, in this case, I'm glad that so many people did vote early because, uh, you know, it, it, as people became more serious about COVID and, and coronavirus, um, a lot of people were, had already gone through the rolls. The, the problem with this, I voted for a presidential candidate who dropped out. Uh, so that's the downside of voting early. You know, he, he had dropped out in the interim. Um, but, you know, I think that took a lot out. The pro- only problem I heard today was, of course, a lot of election judges dropped out last mm-hmm. minute. Uh, you can't have a, 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 a polling place with election judges 
and it left the county clerk trying to find uh, some some people very quickly. They put out the call for emergency election judges, uh, and I know a lot of people answer that call, which does warm your heart in these situations where yeah. people. I mean, one I talked I, I talked to uh, to somebody today. I won't say who who it was, but it was a former state representative in the area. She volunteered to be an emergency election judge, but because of that, she's got to self quarantine now for two weeks. She knew that, and she did it anyway. Oh, man. Um, that is an amazing, you know, you, you, you recognize that is a sacrifice for the, for the public, which, uh, and for democracy, which, you know, should inspire us and should, you know, feel good about that. The problem with that is, you know, uh, not enough did. And so a lot of people end up having to go to Brookings. Uh, and there was a little bit of a line there, nothing like we've seen in the past. Um, but nobody wants any line right now. They want to get in and out. And so that, that's really the only problems I heard at all. So you are unopposed in this primary. I was. Walk walk me through what that's like. That was great. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, certainly, first of all, primaries are always terrible because it's friends against friends. Uh, you know, we saw a few county board primaries. And strangely enough, uh, I was contested for um, precinct committeemen, uh, which wasn't planned. Uh, you know, usually you have to beg people to do it. I put in for it. So did somebody else. So I did do a little bit of campaigning for that. Uh, and I will tell you, Sunday... The get out the vote effort Sunday when everyone is quarantined mm-hmm. was pretty bizarre. Um, we realized, you know, I had a few friends with me. Uh, no one wants you ringing their doorbell and and, and and having a face-to-face contact. So we were just doing the, you know, it's called lit drop. You just put uh, uh, put stuff uh, in, in people's doors basically uh, with a note saying, sorry, I couldn't ring your doorbell. Uh, and then we tried to call everybody uh, to say, hey, it was me that was there today. Hope you'll vote tomorrow. Here's your polling place. That was a little strange because normally you really want the face-to-face contact when you're door knocking. Um, and now I, I don't know where we go from here for the next couple of months in terms of, uh, you know, we'll continue to do door-to-door stuff. Um, but you have to you have to respect people's distance because they uh, certainly and as as the story gets worse and worse, which I suspect it will uh, when we when we see more and more positive cases, um, people will uh, be a little leery, I think, of politicians coming to the door, even though they do expect uh, have responsiveness from their elected officials in a time of uncertainty. It's kind of a catch twenty two. Yeah, you know, you know, and you, know, you can only do so much with social media, right? And right. so, you know, I think a lot of politicians get lazy with that. Um, I have a rule: I try to post one thing a day because I think there's a certain fatigue factor. I know with politicians, I like, I like when they you know post information, but after a while, like I don't need to see every event you did all day long. It, it gets you know it gets old. Um, but in the last four or five days, I don't know how you don't, because, you know, we'll get, you know, for the restaurants, for example, you know, we find out that the, for wait staff, um, we're going to waive the one week unemployment. So you want to post that quickly. Sure. And then people then start saying, well, what about the owners themselves? Or what about them? Where's their relief? And then you hopefully get some information from Springfield and you want to put that out right away. Um, you know, I, I think, I, I, I think we're all kind of going through a little fatigue with social media, just all the, all the, uh, uh, self-appointed health experts uh, out there for one, uh, and and two, you know, just there's so much information, uh, some of it erroneous, that's coming our way. You mentioned you're on conference calls, you're on the phone seven hours or so a day. Um, that's that's a lot. I mean, you get the phone plugged in all day long. It sounds like yeah. Um, we're about two and a half months away from the deadline for the budget. You don't really know when you're going to go back to session because of, we mentioned the 50 or, or more limit. You can't be together. So that X's out the Senate. It X's out, it X's out everybody, everything over in Springfield. 
Is it possible to get a budget done under these circumstances, or are you going to have a special extension? Because once you get past May 31st, as you know, you need a higher percentage of a, of a vote, yeah. uh, more than a majority, a supermajority, to get things done, especially with the budget. Do you see an extension coming, but you still only have until July 1st to have a new budget in place? So two thoughts. One, yes, you do need a supermajority, uh, but as luck would have it, the Democrats have a supermajority in both houses this year. So yeah. I think as long as they're in agreement on that, that's still okay. I will tell you, though, um, so say we don't do a budget until, hypothetically, uh, until July, okay, because that's the first time we can all get together. That is not really enough time for school districts to no. do what they have to do. They have to make hires, you know, all summer long. And So I think at least what we're trying to, to get across to our leadership right now is, um, you know, we do want to find a way to come back. So we're right now we're scheduled to go back Tuesday. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, what I have heard from the Senate president is as long as the House will be here, we'll be there, too, because we want to keep moving things along. And there's a few things we'd like to actually address related to coronavirus uh, that would, it would help. Um, but if the House, for example, says we're not coming back, then there's nothing that can be done. I, frankly, I'd still rather go and at least we pass it. And when people, you know, stop me and say, what are you doing? I'm like, well, we already passed it and the House will come in when they when they can. Um, but, you know, there are some strange like so New York state legislature uh, this week, they announced they had uh, a handful of positive uh, tests okay. and, and not a surprise. Right. You've got sure. uh, and they have the almost exact same setup as the Illinois state legislature. We're on the floor together, but then you have private meetings called a caucus where you go in little rooms and then you you are breathing your same air arm space. to arm, yeah, totally arm shoulder to shoulder. Shoulder to shoulder. Are. These are you know there's 40 Senate Democrats in a room not much bigger than this one, so it's folding chairs. Um, I'm not complaining about that number, by the way. It's just it's just that the, <laughs> it is tight quarters. So you know you're complaining you, it right now because of the circumstances. Because of the circumstances, yes. But I but I but I am happy for my for my sure. caucus that we have a, a majority. Yeah, make that clear. <laughs> yeah, very clear. But <laughs> particularly in the 52nd. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think that that's the concern is like if that happens and and you start you know one person starts affecting all these people, then we are going to have a hard time coming back to do it. However. There have been some discussions like, all right, well, what if we all come back to the Capitol? The Senate, for example, we have our own offices. We stay in those offices, and then we come to the floor. They hold the vote open a little longer than normally would. We come to the floor five, ten at a time. Mm. You know, they, they bring one person okay. per row in, so we're not sitting next to each other. We cast our votes uh, and, 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 and get out of there. And, and this reminds me of a when they finally overrode um, – Governor Rauner's veto on the on the budget after two and a half years. There was a senator from Metro East, that's at St. Louis, who was going through chemotherapy. He wasn't even allowed to be around anybody because um, obviously of okay. how susceptible he was to infection. And so he came, uh, never left his office, which uh, turns out is my office now, uh, never left his office. Um, but uh, they, you know, when you're in the building, there's some rules about whether people can vote for you if you're in the building and you've given them your assent. Um, and so they let him do that. But he had to come from St. Louis to be in the building um, and to, to do that and was willing to come out if they, they the Republicans certainly could have challenged the vote if they wanted to. Uh, at this point, though, you know, so there, there are those rules, I think, that can happen. Um, I just think people want to see the government's doing something. And the idea that, like, well, you know, if they're getting mixed messages from D.C. and Springfield's afraid to come back to the Capitol, uh, I don't think that's the, the certainty people are looking for. Can you, with the governor issuing his own things. Could you see him allowing you guys to all sit 
in your chambers at one time and to do do things, or is it more likely you'll come in a few at a time to vote? I think it makes more sense to a few at a time to vote because I think the problem people are having now is consistency, right? Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you how many people said to me today, you know, restaurant owners, for example, say, at, at my busiest, I've got 40 people in in my restaurant. You guys have closed us down, but there's 40 people right now in the in the uh, polling place in line, and you're okay with that. Or you go to, to Schnucks or you go to uh, Target. There's, oh, there's people everywhere. I don't know where the, the limit is. And so people see in the house almost – 200 people sitting together, 118 people sitting together in a, in a, in a tight space. I think it sends a real mixed message. Yeah. to people. Scott Bennett, we could go uh, on and on. Good conversation, good updates, but uh, we'll let you get back to your family. Thanks for joining us. Always glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Eight- Senator.